Biz School is brought to you by Neon Canvas. Neon Canvas is a digital marketing boutique located in Memphis, Tennessee. To learn more about Neon Canvas, visit neoncanvas.com. Welcome. Here it goes. This is the 10th episode of Biz School with Alex Rasmussen, where I'm going to be teaching you all things business. I'm really excited about today. I'm going to be talking about creating what Ken Blanchard and Sheldon Bowles call raving fans. It's not enough just to provide good customer service to your clients. If you want to create a brand that's going to stand the test of time, you need to provide revolutionary customer service, a level of service that is so special to your customers that they will go out of their way to spread your story for you. The greatest brands in the world don't have to tell you how great they are. Others do it for them. So how do you create raving fans? I'm going to dive deep on this topic today with Gene McGee of Hollywood Feed. And in the show today, we're going to talk to Gene and we're going to discuss how to create a culture of revolutionary customer service within your company, how loyalty programs and products can be leveraged to keep customers loyal, and how to maintain a high level of customer service through scale. I'm really, really excited about today's guest because our family are raving fans for Hollywood Feed, for our favorite local pet store, and we've been buying dog food for them from them for over 12 years. And today we're going to get to hear from their owner, Jean McGee, about how she has built such a great brand with a loyal customer base. Jean and her husband, Sean, bought Hollywood Feed in 2006, back when uh, there were just three stores in the Memphis area. In addition to co-owning the natural food pet store, uh, Jean and her husband also uh, is a, Jean is actually the senior buyer for the Memphis-based brand of over nearly 110 locations now. So that means Jean is out there actually sourcing the food that you give your dogs uh, every day. And that's pretty awesome. So her family currently has four dogs four cats, two pythons, a turtle, and a fish. She's passionate about serving the pets and their owners and helping them combat the pet overpopulation problem in Memphis. She believes that by arming pet owners with the supplies and knowledge they need, that the number of the pets and shelters can be greatly diminished. And that's what we're looking to do. Hollywood Feed has stores in over 14 states now across the entire Southeast and the Midwest. It's pretty impressive. They support local rescues through regular pet adoption and community events. And they've also supported several dog parks, including the Overton Park, Mud Island Dog Park, and the Seattle Dog Park. Gene, welcome to Biz School. It's so great to have you. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, Alex. It's great to be here today. Yeah, I want to dive into your story here. So just tell me a little bit about uh, what led you ultimately to Hollywood Feed and how you guys picked that brand as a business. Well, I've been the pet lover of the family for um, many, many years. I think when my husband was um, told about me, the first thing that the people who are friends who set us up said, you better love her dogs. So, uh, and they said, don't be late. They said, don't be late and you better love her dogs. So he showed up early and um, gave appropriate affection to my then uh, beloved Black Lab Shelby. Um, but Sean uh, came to the uh, relationship with um, years of experience in retail organizations, having grown up through AutoZone 
and uh, run a large part of that as well as Office Depot where he uh, ran all of North America for Office Depot. Um, so it was kind of a marriage for both of us. We wanted to get into a retail project together and um, it just all worked out. And how did, uh, so Hollywood Feeds, so that was, that was chasing your passion. How did specifically Hollywood have a brand that you guys thought we could really take this to the next level? Well, the pet industry, for one thing, uh, was behind the times and was very, I would say, 1980s when Sean started looking at the pet industry and didn't have a lot of the advances that some of the under, other industries had. So it seemed to be an industry that was uh, ripe for the picking. And um, there also, at the time, was a change in the way that people treated their pets. People in the 70s, 80s, put their pets in the backyard. And uh, in the 80s and 90s, they moved into the, um, into the garage maybe. And by the time we bought Hollywood Feet, the dog was no longer in the backyard or even in the garage. It was in the house, in the bed with you. And so the, um, the humanization of pets uh, was definitely um, happening in a reality um, in the marketplace. And Hollywood Feed, uh, as you said, had three stores and um, they needed a buyer to uh, make make things. They were, they were um, not um, being extremely successful. So Sean had written a business plan and uh, got funding and able to put the deal together. And uh, we took over the three stores back in 2006, like you said. Now, when you took over those three stores, were you guys thinking like, hey, we're going to eventually have 100 plus stores and be all, all over the country? Was that always the goal? The goal was always to go national or at least regional. The goal was never to stay um, a local mom and pop pet shop with three stores. And how do I mean, just talk about the, the, how quickly that's happened. I mean, that's gone from 2006 and now here we are in 2020 and, and you've made that sort of national brand uh, a reality. Was it, was it adding a store here, adding a store there, and then you added a bunch of stores Did it all happen at once. Kind of tell me about that. Well, it seems quick when you're not the one in it. I guess it's like when, you know, women go through childbirth, everybody says, gosh, that happened so fast. Um, 15 years uh, is quick in the uh, scheme of uh, encyclopedias and history books, but when you're living it every day, 15 years has been um, a lot of steps along the way. And um, I think it took us about a year and a half to open our first store. And in the first probably five years, we opened a few stores every year and then we ramped up from there, but there was not there wasn't a point where we like acquired 50 stores. We acquired two or three here along the way, uh, one or two along the way, but it was uh, much more, you know, building them brick by brick, uh, one by one. But and much is that more so a, a large, like, wow, in 2013, we opened, you know, 50 stores. It wasn't like that at all. Gotcha. And are you buying or have in the past, have you bought, pet stores that already operated and rebranded them? Or are you building these from, from ground up? The majority of Hollywood feeds have been built from the ground up. We have a handful of stores that we have purchased um, in Austin, Little Rock, uh, Atlanta, but um, the majority we have built from the ground up. And how do you pick those markets? I mean, Austin, Little Rock, Atlanta. I mean, how do you say, hey, this is the next spot? 
Well, there's a lot of research work that goes into traffic, demographics, uh, competition in the marketplace. Uh, one of the places that we first went when we left Memphis and the surrounding areas was to go into Dallas. And I think in the first year we were in Dallas, which was about, I think six or seven years ago, uh, I think we opened maybe four or five stores in Dallas. And now we have about 30 stores in the Dallas area. Um, so we um, were able to divide up the cost of transportation and marketing and advertising by having multiple stores in you know a singular location like Dallas. And we did the same thing in Atlanta. That's incredible. What is your biggest market now store-wise? Dallas is our largest market. That's incredible. So let's talk about that. So you got this company that started in Memphis and now your biggest market is in Dallas. The only way to do that is through creating raving fans, through having people come back and buy their dog food from you guys time and time again. So what's the philosophy there? Was it get them hooked on the food? Was it get them hooked on the service? A little bit of both. Talk to me about it. I think what Hollywood Feed is best known for is our service and our experts in the store. Um, we've created a, a culture at Hollywood Feed that we're quite proud of. Uh, you're talking about raving fans. And uh, I think we've had over 20,000 five-star reviews for Hollywood Feed. And it's time and time again. I mean, I saw, read of them yesterday. I mean, Sean, my husband was out delivering products to Olive Branch and Collierville yesterday in the snow to people. And they had no idea who was delivering their dog food, but um, his truck was able to get out and our delivery cars weren't. So he spent the day out delivering product and you just kind of walk the walk. And uh, it's every day that we do that. And our employees get extensive training so that if you bring your dog in and your dog is having issues, uh, whether it be digestive or skin or behavioral issues, we can hopefully help you out and um, make you go away satisfied and uh, your dog hopefully is helped out along the way. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. There were so many things I'd love to pull out of there. Sean driving the truck around in the ice and snow yesterday, the 20,000 five-star reviews, and then the training that goes into your employees. I mean, you don't, when I think about your typical retail store employee, I don't picture a ton of training, you know, it's like kind of give them a shirt and tell them to put a smile on their face, but you guys are actually creating pros and experts inside your stores. Cool. We definitely aim to do that. Every employee spends 40 hours of classroom training each year that they work for us, um, hearing from vets and formulators and PhDs who build the product, design the product and formulate the products that we sell so that when you come in, we can make the best recommendation for your pet. Yeah, I will, I'll never forget it. I had a, we got a puppy. It was a Chesapeake Bay Retriever and and uh, he is, he can barely walk anymore. He's 12 and doesn't get around. Maybe there's a supplement or something I need to ask Hollywood Feed about next time I go in there uh, to help him get around better. But they recommended the From Family Puppy Food. 
And ever since then, I mean, we've been prom family and now, you know, he's older and we've got a younger dog who's a puppy. So you got two separate bu buckets of from family food, you know, in there. And, and it's something that for us, we felt just like you were talking about earlier, you don't really have outside dogs anymore. We felt like it was uh, incumbent upon us to give our dog the best that we could offer them um, and all of your food and, and you're the buyer. So talk about what goes into picking a great dog food. Well, it's a long process for us to add a dog food to our line. First, I want to tell you that you've got to give your dog uh, the prudence hip and joint. Um, it will change his life and make okay. him m much, much more um, able to walk around. We have a 12-year-old, 11-year-old uh, St. Bernard, Great Pyrenees. And if it weren't for that, he wouldn't be able to go run around in the snow like he does. Um, but we spend a lot prudence. of time. Yeah, write that down. Write that, I'm going to write uh, that down. Uh, we spend a lot of time uh, vetting a dog food brand before we would ever consider bringing them in. And by the time a dog food comes in our store, I mean, they're a partner with us and um, we, we feed them. I mean, we don't put anything in our stores that we wouldn't be willing to feed ourselves. And most of the time, if it, it's a new product that somebody's trying to bring in, I mean, we'll do employee feeding for months before we would ever consider bringing it in to make sure that the ingredients um, are delivering like, you know, someone claims that they're, uh, you know, from the bag that what their products can do. So then our employees can talk about it because they've been feeding it for months and they have experience with it. And recently there was an issue in, in a lot of dog foods throughout the country. Is that right? That were found in salmonella or something. You probably know better than I do. What was going I mean, on there? There's been melamine, there's been salmonella. Um, and um, we're very careful about where we source. Uh, we don't source like Chinese um, chewable items um, for dogs. The regulations over there just aren't the same as they are in the U.S. And uh, we are very much behind USA made products. Um, first of all, I think we have better control over it. And second of all, it's the right thing to do. So um, that's, you know, that's sort of the Hollywood feed way. Yeah. And I think that Hollywood feed way, it starts with the product that you're bringing into the stores. But then once you get people in there, there's just such a high level of customer service. I almost always use Chick-fil-A when I talk about Chick-fil-A and I'm like, Hollywood feed is like the Chick-fil-A of dog food where, you know, you can walk in there and you can have your pet or not have your pet. But the minute you walk in the door, you're going to get a greeting, right? Even if they're busy, someone's going to say hello. The, the bells on the door are going to chime. And, you know, more often than not, they're running back there, even if you know what you're going to get so that they can actually pick up the 60 pound dog pound, of, you know, bag of food and carry it up to the counter and then carry it out to your car. Talk about that philosophy that you've been able to create. And how do you do that across 100 plus stores and thousands of employees? Well, we started in Memphis where Hollywood Feed has been around and people know us. We've had loyal fans of Hollywood Feed here for decades. And when we expanded into Dallas and other areas, we were able to send people from Memphis who already had the culture, who knew the way that Hollywood Feed worked, that you know, we wanted to be the Chick-fil-A of dog food. And we had a, a service, we do a secret shop of all of our stores. And you know, they're supposed to greet people. They're supposed to offer carry out. They're supposed to, you know, ask questions of customers when they come in. And we, we don't call them customers. We call them guests 
because that's what you are. You're in our home. And many of the times I read the write-ups of our stores and the guests that come in assume that the person who is running the store is the owner because that's how they treat their stores. And that's the kind of ownership that our store employees uh, that, that they, they, they show, I mean, they, they feel that way. Uh, we didn't ask, you know, tell people that they had to open stores, but we had three stores in Memphis that opened because people just could get there and open the store. It wasn't that we said you have to open Poplar and Yates or Olive Branch or, you know, our store on Collins. It was some, somebody said, hey, I can get there and open the store. Yeah, that, that's, that's so incredible. When you talk about that ownership that employees take, in, in their position, it's such a powerful way to, to empower your employees to provide the greatest level of customer service when they feel like, uh, that I talk to my team about this, act and think like an owner all the time. That's so powerful. And then you said, you know, we don't call them customers, we consider them guests, like they're guests in our home. And that's like straight out of the raving fans playbook. So I love it. I love everything about it. And it's such a testament to able to be able to do that across multiple states and multiple stores. Uh, and then of course, you know, with, with people have tons of options to go buy dog food. I mean, people can buy dog food at Kroger and Walmart and all these big box retailers. So what is the difference from going into a Hollywood feed and going into Walmart to get your dog food? Our people, if you go into Walmart and ask about dog food, nobody, I mean, they can point you in the right direction, but nobody's going to answer your questions, especially when you're trying to feed an old dog and a puppy. And maybe you don't have room for two different kinds of food. Maybe your old dog has issues or your puppy has issues. Nobody at Walmart or at Amazon or at one of the big box, you know, PetSmart, Petco, they're not going to be able to help you. They're not going to take the time. And we staff our stores assuming that every employee is going to spend 15 minutes with every guest that comes into our stores. So we've built our stores so that they have time to spend with you and to help you with whatever your pet needs. That's crazy. So you guys even think about the amount of time and how many employees you need in a store to service the traffic that comes into the store where they're getting a specific level of customer service and time with an expert. That's, that's really incredible. How did you figure that out? Uh, I would say that would be my husband and the kajillion years of experience uh, in retail um, opening, you know, however many one kajillion uh, auto zones along the way. And um, I mean, that's the way you want to be treated when you go into um, a store and taking care of somebody's pets is about the closest thing next to their children that you can take care of in their lives. So people want to talk to you about their pet. They want to tell you uh, what their dog is doing, um, you know, what they like, what they like to play with, what they like to eat. And that's what creates the relationship is being able to take the time and invest in trying to help our guests with their, with their family members. And it's so crazy to me that we've gone, I mean, I grew up with outside dogs. I mean, that's what we had. The, the, the Goldens lived outside. And then you know, my parents never would have thought about bringing them into the house. And then now, like this morning, I mean, yes, like literally both of the dogs are in my bed. They have more space in the bed this morning than I did. So this this transformation has happened in such a small period of time when you look at, you know, kind of the scope of the world. 
is that because of the is is Hollywood feeds grow success because of that change or is that change because of stores like Hollywood feed? I don't think the change is necessarily because of Hollywood feed. I would love to say that we've done that, but I don't think we've done that. And uh, I don't think our success is singularly because of that humanization of pets. I would like to think that our success has to do with because of the humanization of pets existing and the fact that we take care of them like they're part of your family, that is where our success comes in. And um, I mean, I can't say that we cause the humanization of pets. Um, and I was hoping you would. Well, <laughs> we, you know, I certainly okay. would have. <laughs> but um, I also don't think that our success is just because of that. Because if that were the case, then everybody would be doing as well as Hollywood Fade. Right, right. And now, I mean, pet stores are considered essential business during COVID-19. I mean, that's where we're at now, right? Where, where pets are, are an essential business. They're not saying go to Walmart to get it. I mean, you could be open. How did you guys double down on customer service to continue that growth through, you know, delivery programs and things like that in this past year? Because it's been challenging in retail, I know. It has absolutely been. I mean, in the beginning, it was all hands on deck and our e-commerce uh, we're in our warehouse sending product out on the line. Um, I mean, I was out on the uh, e-commerce line shipping out orders back um, last spring. It seems like yesterday and in other ways, it seems like five years ago uh, where I was out on the line because the stores didn't really have a lot of traffic. And so everybody was ordering whatever they could online. And we did our best to keep up with the online traffic. But um, I mean, whoever. I mean, I was out there with our director of operations. I was out there with my kids, um, whoever could, you know, pitch in and help out. And then we were uh, fortunate enough to already have in place our same day delivery platform where we have our own vehicles. Um, I think when we, when COVID hit, we had about 20, 15, maybe 20 uh, same day delivery vehicles. And we rolled it out in a couple of markets. So when you place an order online, we can deliver it within a couple of hours to your house. And now awesome. we have a hundred cars. So we were able to pivot and buy a bunch of cars and train all of our people and provide people with the, the products that they needed in um, faster than Amazon. So um, by implementing same day delivery uh, really on the turn of a dime, we were able to provide people what they needed during this time. That's so incredible because you've essentially created a new business model that takes the best of e-commerce, takes the best of retail, and then delivers it right to your house with a smile. <laughs> same day. I same mean, day. Same day. I mean, it really is incredible. And, and, you know, when you think about, you know, that everybody wants to call for the death of like retail stores, but it, at the same time, like you guys are growing like crazy. So retail is not dead. It's, it's, it's what you do inside that store. It's an experience that's got to be created. And then you guys quickly realize like, okay, well, people aren't getting out of their houses to come to the store. We got to go to them, but yet your stores are still seeing traffic. I would imagine. Absolutely. And I think customers sometimes will come in, sometimes they'll opt for curbside pickup, and sometimes they will opt to have it delivered. Um, a lot of people this week haven't been able to get out, so uh, they want their dog food delivered. 
um, or maybe they you know, can drive up to the store, but they don't want to navigate the parking lot, so they opt for curbside. Um, depending on what their level of comfort is, we have tried to think about what we can do to satisfy and meet the needs of most all of our customers because what you might feel comfortable with might not be the same thing that your next door neighbor would feel comfortable with. And uh, we've been fortunate enough that we already had those platforms in place to be able to roll out those programs. That's awesome. And talk to me just a little bit about as, as we kind of go through this and, and you know, I don't want to keep you all day, although I could talk about this stuff forever. Uh, talk to me a little bit about well, what does the future look like for Hollywood Feed? Does it continue to open up big box or open up stores? Uh, does it double down on delivery? Um, is it some combination of both or all of the above? I mean, what is talked about the future for you guys? What's in the plans? Well, I don't think that the same day delivery is going to go away. I think that the consumer has gotten used to the convenience and uh, the immediate results of pushing a button and having their dog food show up in an hour. And I don't think people want to go back um, to waiting for two to three days on product. Um, I think that COVID has changed a lot of, a lot of our processes that we, um, that we go through. And I think a lot, a lot of businesses have opted, you know, whether they're the restaurants that have opted for curbside pickup, you know, take and bake at home. And I think that the convenience factor uh, with our phones in our hand, I don't think people are going to say, oh, well, I don't think things need to be as convenient. I think people are going to expect the same kind of convenience that they've had during COVID. So I think the more we can make it convenient for our customers, the better off we are. So I think, you know, I don't, I don't know necessarily what the next uh, convenience uh, feature that we will offer will be. Um, I don't think we saw ourselves being as successful in same day uh, a year ago as we are now because I don't think we thought it would have, uh, the uh, curve would have gone ramped up quite as quickly as it has because of COVID. Right. right. And do you continue doubling down on retail stores or is it like a hybrid model where, you know, warehouses strategically placed become more, um, more of the model for you in the future? Or do you just, let's see what happens? Well, part of it is let's see what happens right now. Um, gas is pretty cheap. So for, for us to be able to run trucks over the road is um, pretty financially viable. Um, if gas gasoline were to go way up, then we might need to put another warehouse somewhere um, and not run our trucks so far. I mean, right now we, we run all of our deliveries in our own trucks. So we have one warehouse here in Memphis and we employ about 50 people in our corporate headquarters and about the same, I think, in our warehouse. And um, everything is picked and put on our trucks here in Memphis. And right now that works, but if things change in the world, then we might have to open up other warehouses. But right now it seems to be the, it seems to make the most sense for us to run it all out of Memphis. That's awesome. I've, I've lately, I've become sort of obsessed with uh, exit strategy and things like that and talking to business owners and starting this podcast, just hearing from business owners who have built these brands to be a lifestyle brand, uh, to build them to pass down to their family, to build them to buy. What, what did you guys originally build Hollywood Feed to do? And is that still the plan? 
Uh, I don't know that we built it with an exit strategy in mind. Um, that's just not really how we roll, but uh, we have four, well, I would say even five, all five of our kids work in the business. So um, they're still very young. I mean, 12 to 24. So I don't know who would want to take over the business, uh, but I have a feeling they're all very interested in, and invested and spend, you know, afternoons after school, um, their breaks working in the stores, working in the office, working in the warehouse. So I think they'll probably be a McGee involved in Hollywood feed for a long time. Awesome. Okay, cool. I was, I was waiting for like, you know, to go public or something like that, like on his own did. Uh, but maybe that's, who knows now you're going to keep it private. All right. All right. Yes. Cool. yes. Very cool. Everyone laughs. They say that our youngest, our 12 year old, they say, we're not going to work for her because many people at Hollywood fee were around before she was born. And they said, we figured we'd work for one of your older kids, but we're not working for the 12 year old. I said, well, she won't be 12 forever. <laughs> yeah. She could grow. They grow up like that. Don't they? Um, so, okay. Last thing I wanted to ask you about, and then we're going to, going to wrap this up. You've, you've been so gracious with your time. Uh, talk to me a little bit about like the pet resort, right? Because that didn't exist before either. And how are you guys working within other industries, whether it's creating the dog park with municipalities or working with, you know, pet resorts, uh, on what they provide, uh, inside there, whether it be bedding or food and that sort of thing. I mean, have you seen correlation with, with your growth and the growth of the pet resort? We've not really partnered with any pet resorts. Um, we partner with rescue groups. I mean, that's where we put our resources. So we have, I think, over 500 rescue partners, and we hold scads of adoption events in our stores on the weekends pre-COVID, and we hope to get back to them. Um, we put our resources towards helping rescue groups. We donate about 100,000 pounds of food to rescue groups wow. each year, and that's where we really see our partnerships is with all of the rescue groups. I mean, we were donating blankets down in Tunica because they needed blankets for dogs. I mean, we collect stuff for the Humane Society um, all the time for Memphis Animal Services. Uh, that's where we see our calling to get involved in our communities and to help with the dog parks. I mean, I think the best, the best behaved dog is a tired dog. So if you can get them out to the dog park, <laughs> then it's a better night for everybody. Yes, yes. We have two working dogs. And I mean, if they don't get to work at retrieving or walking or, you know, barking away strangers, like they are not, the, they are not their best selves. So we, we totally agree with that. Well, uh, I always love to end it with something a little bit fun. I have all my guests do this. I like to call it three things. And what I do is I give you three things. I want you to choose one. I want you to discard one. So you can't do anything with it. You just got to throw it in the trash. And then I want you to give the other one away. So I'm going to give you these three things. You're going to keep one, discard one, and give one away. So I'm going to give you a million dollars, a fully funded and staffed animal sanctuary. So that could be all types of animals or eternal youth. What are you going to do with them? Well, I'm going to discard eternal youth because I don't believe all in right. that. Get rid of um, it. I'm going to keep the million and I'm going to give away the animal sanctuary to somebody who knows how to run it because otherwise I would end up with all those animals in my house. And then with my million, I can help all the rescue groups because they need money. 
and I would help all the rescue groups so that we don't have any stray animals running around um, freezing in the cold weather. And they need our support more than anything. So I know what I could do with money um, is to help all of these rescue groups. And I would definitely let somebody else run the animal sanctuary. Sean thinks we're running one out of our house right now. So as you named all the pets <laughs> that we currently have, I probably would have to stay away or we'd have to build, build me a little cottage in back. As, as Sean put a limit, he said no more. Are you, have you made? Oh, I mean, he said no more like four dogs ago. Oh, four dogs ago. Yeah. So maximum amount of souls in the house, but Hey, you know, keep, keep, well, he, we keep, always keep laugh. We have uh, black cats and um, we always say that if we get another one, we just are not going to tell him because he won't notice because they all look alike. <laughs> so we just like, we'll just tell him, no, no, that's the same one. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry, Sean. Uh, we got enough food to feed them, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Gene, thank you so much for coming on today. I would love if you would just tell our audience how to find you uh, or, you know, find Hollywood Feed. What's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Uh, Hollywoodfeed.com is the best way to follow to find us. Um, you can also follow us on, you know, Facebook and Instagram. Each store actually has their own uh, Facebook and Instagram pages. So you can follow them that way. But, um, wow, that's a then, lot to manage from a digital from a digital marketing owner. That's a lot to manage. That's it is. I'm impressed. It is. I'm impressed. And if you want to know about some of the education that we have out there, go to Hollywood Feed University, and all of the classes that we put on for our employees are now being available, made to the public. So uh, go to Hollywood Feed University if there's something that's bothering your pet and you want to read about it. That's awesome. Well, with being at 112 locations, there's a good chance there's a Hollywood feed somewhere close to you. But if not, let Jean know and, and she'll put it on her list of, of next places to open. So uh, thank you so much for Jean. I mean, for joining me. You were awesome. Uh, I, I don't want anybody to miss the next episode of Biz School. So, uh, you know, if you are, we're going to keep bringing on great guests. If you like what we're doing, please subscribe, share with your friends, uh, review us, do all the things. We really appreciate you helping us grow. Uh, we want you all to be raving fans. Gene, thank you so much for joining me. That's all for today's episode. And as I say, the rest is history. Thanks, Alex. Thanks, Gene.